Good morning and welcome into another edition of Mile High Magazine. And I am Murphy Houston. And welcome to February, which is American Heart Month. And that's basically what we're going to talk about today. We have a special guest, Sonia anderson Vi, Communications Director of the American Heart Association, and a heart attack survivor, Sharon Hensley. And women, you're going to want to really pay attention to her story because it's unbelievable and how heart attacks affect women differently than it affect men. And we'll get to that. But let's start with Sonia. Welcome in. We appreciate you making it today. Thank you so much, Murphy, for having me here. Today. And uh, happy American Heart Month. Yes, yes. This is an exciting time of year for us. Well, talk about that. People go, well, what you know, we see we're red in one day and then all of a sudden the whole month is American Heart Month. What does that mean? It's kind of a national thing. Isn't it really it? is. So American Heart Month is actually a federally designated event. It's been around since 1964. And it's a way for us to just increase awareness of heart disease, which is the number one killer of all Americans. And it's the number one killer globally. So we really want to get people out there talking about heart disease, talking to their friends, their family, knowing the symptoms. And really talk about ways that heart disease can be prevented. And communication with your doctor is always key. And all the conversations we've had about American Heart Month is, what do you tell your doctor? This is so important to relate to that person if you have symptoms of any kind, correct? Right. I mean, especially... Um, and. Heart month is a big thing, um, not just for, for men, but also for women. And women do present symptoms differently. So as a woman, if you're feeling anything that just feels a little bit off, please talk to your doctor. A lot of times as women, we, we tend to take care of others before ourselves, our children, our families. And, and if something just feels off, please talk to your doctor about it. Yeah, and don't put it off. No, absolutely not. Because, and you'll hear from, from Sharon's story today, you know, heart disease, it can strike you so suddenly. And, and so it's, it's time is key when it comes to symptoms of anything that you might suspect is a, is a heart attack. And you were telling me that hard to believe, but Heart attacks are the number one killer of women. It's not cancer. Absolutely. In fact, um, heart disease it kills one in three women, and it actually kills more women than all forms of cancer and chronic respiratory disease combined. That's hard to believe. It really is. Well, I was reading in the information you sent over that not just women, but heart attacks happen like every 30 seconds? Uh, there, an American will have a heart attack every 40 seconds, which oh my is, gosh. is crazy to Every believe. day. Every day. That's amazing. Yep. And how many people... Do we lose because of that? You know, it's 2,300 Americans every day die of cardiovascular diseases. And it's about 800,000 people a year in this country. That's a huge number. It really is. It really is. And the sad thing is, is that number is expected to rise over the next few years. And do people that have had this happen to them, do they typically not take care of themselves? They go, oh, okay, it'll go away, whatever pain I might feel. Well, sometimes, but I mean, there's about, we always say that at the American Heart Association that about 80% of cardiovascular diseases can be prevented through, you know, healthy lifestyle choices and, and, um, and through education. But there's also that 20% that cannot be prevented. So it could be because of family history, um, just your genetics play a huge role in, in uh, heart disease. So heart, so you're saying some heart disease are factors you can control and some you cannot control. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Well, what can we control? So at the American Heart Association, we have this thing we call it Life Simple 7. And it's seven healthy steps every day that we can do to increase our, our cardiovascular health. So those are, and I'll count them out here just to make sure I get them all, physical activity, <laughs> good nutrition, not smoking, um, maintaining a healthy weight, controlling your blood pressure, 
controlling your cholesterol and controlling your blood glucose levels. Those are all very important, but Mm -hmm. also things your doctor should be aware of that you have that you should be discussing, correct? Absolutely, absolutely, especially when it comes to things like blood pressure and cholesterol and your glucose, because those are things your doctor should be monitoring. And especially when it comes to things like like blood pressure, it plays such a huge role in heart disease. It's a huge kind of red flag early on that can be uh, an indicator of heart disease. And did they just change within the last year or so the parameters of what uh, a good blood pressure is? They did, yes. So it used to be 140 over 90 was high blood pressure. Now, um, about a year ago, the American Heart Association, uh, we released new guidelines. So anything that's 130 over 80 is considered high blood pressure. So 120 over 80 is still within the healthy range. But above that, it's you're really starting to get into those those levels that can be that can be dangerous. And our thinking behind that was if you can catch it a little earlier, people can start controlling it earlier with diet, exercise, things like that, maybe before they have to start medication. Well, that's a good idea. And do all the folks in the medical field go along with what you're saying? Uh, you, pretty much. I mean, we, we released this at our big scientific sessions annual summit, which is thousands of, of doctors and researchers. Right, and so right. there was a, decades of science that went behind this this new guideline. What about the cholesterol? Aren't there some new parameters there as well? We did. Just at, in November, we released new guidelines on cholesterol as well. It's sort of same sort of thinking there. Um, you have two kinds of uh, cholesterol. You have the HDL, which is the good cholesterol, right, right. and the LDL, which is the bad cholesterol. And so the new guidelines say that the optimal level of LDL, that bad cholesterol, is less than 100 um, um, which means that with the new guidelines, nearly one out of every three American adults have high D- LDL. And you can control that, too, with diet, exercise, the big stuff that we were just talking about. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's one thing we recommend. And obviously, if you're on medication, please continue taking medication and follow your doctor's guidelines. But there is so much you can do with, with that healthy lifestyle, too. But also, I think I read someplace where high cholesterol can also be hereditary, genetic, can it without absolutely it can it can and that's where we often see people with that are younger with high cholesterol exactly. so so that's when you need to be taking those statins and those prescribed medications and but have that hand in hand with that healthy lifestyle as well because it it can really help you well the healthy lifestyle no matter what your situation might be can help you absolutely it can help you live longer it can help you be healthy no matter what your situation might be yep yep and we recommend um the physical activity guidelines that came out this last year from uh from i believe the surgeon general's office it's uh 30 minutes a day five days a week for adults for physical activity of moderate intensity physical activity so really that's just 150 minutes a week for kids it's actually 60 minutes a day. So if you have kids under the age of 17, make sure they're getting that hour of of physical activity um, every single day because it can start very young. Well, when you say moderate exercise, let's talk about your your rate of beating your heart. Mm -hmm. Now, I work out on on, an elliptical, not five days a week, (laughs) but I do my darndest. And uh, I get to mind about 140, 150, Mm -hmm. and my doc said, that's pretty good. That is good. That is good. You know, if you're really getting your heart pumping, you know, if you're getting in the 120, 130, 140 range, that's really good. I mean, depending on age, it's going to affect how high your heart should be going. And always talk to your doctor before you start an exercise regimen, because if you you are of a certain age or you have a weaker heart, you may not want to let it go that high. But when we say moderate physical activity, you know, it's a light jog, it's a bike ride, it's a it's a brisk walk. Right. You don't have to make sure you're you're sprinting for 30 minutes. You you could just be out there taking a brisk walk around your neighborhood for 30 minutes a day. 
Well, that's tough. And I do five, five miles on the mm-hmm. elliptical. And it it's one of those where it's up and down a hill type of a system. Mm-hmm. Well, I walk off of there and I'm just beat down. <laughs> <laughs> but I think my heart's got to be stronger. And that's the point, though, right? To Absolutely. make that heart muscle stronger? It is. It is, really. Well, and, and not only just with, with the physical activity part of it, but um, we found that exercise really does a lot for your mental health as well. And mental health plays a huge part in cardiovascular health. Stress management is is huge, oh, huge. right now. So. Yeah. In addition to that that physical component, we do recommend people take time every day, relax, breathe, meditate, just to de-stress because stress is a huge factor when it comes to cardiovascular health. Yeah, and that blood circulation through the brain and all over is nothing but good for you. It's, uh, it absolutely. Makes a, makes, a, makes a huge difference for sure. Yep. Uh, we're talking with Sonia anderson Vi, Communication Director of the American Heart uh, Association here in Colorado. And our special guest is Sharon Hensley, who's a heart attack survivor. Sharon, how are you? I'm doing great today. Well, today? Today. Thank you, Murph. <laughs> we were uh, sitting out in the lobby waiting for Sonia to get here, and Sharon was telling her story. Was my jaw hanging open? Yeah, what, a little what, bit. Yeah, it yeah. was. was <laughs> so tell us your story so people can realize what we're talking about today is serious. And when you had your first heart attack, you were in your 30s and probably perfectly healthy. Yeah, I was a 37-year-old single mom. Um, I decided that um, I needed to reduce stress in my life. And I was—I um, got involved in martial arts because my children were six and eight, and that seemed like a fun thing. They were having fun, so I thought I'd have fun. I was in the best shape of my life. I was kickboxing um, 60 minutes a day, six days a week. Wow. Yep. Don't mess with her. (laughs) (laughs) So I was really, really taking charge of my health and my um, keeping my stress down. Um, I didn't have high cholesterol. I had low blood pressure. Um, I was healthy. All natural. You were on any meds for any of that stuff? No, I was not on any medications, just a multivitamin. And then what? And then I was... In an MMA grappling class, <laughs> a few of your your <laughs> listeners will will hear that and be impressed. Yeah. Wow! <laughs> and I was actually paired with a, a man. I I joke and say he was half my age and twice my size, which is only a little bit off, but you get the picture. <laughs> I get the picture. Yeah. And um, so it was more strenuous activity than I was would normally do. Um, but it was okay. It was still within okay. I felt a pull in my chest. And I um, put my hand up, you know, and we stopped so I could get my breath. I wasn't sure what happened. You thought um, maybe you pulled a muscle maybe working out? Maybe. It, yeah. was a, it was a strange, it was just a quick little pull I feeling. Right. And, a, um, and just I was, my, like my breath was taken away. And um, so we, you know, after a couple minutes, I felt perfectly fine again. So I said, okay, I'm ready to go. And we kept going another 20 minutes till the class was over. Um, went home, showered, um, did the worst thing was eat some beef chili. Oh, <laughs> and, oh yeah. And then I went to pick, uh, it's a good, it's yeah. good, right? I went to pick up my kids, brought them home, got them into bed. And then all of a sudden I started feeling just a lot of pressure in my chest and just some pain. And I, in my mind, I said, this, whatever this is, it's not a heart attack. 
you know, because my brain was saying it's a heart attack. And the other half of my brain was saying there's no way this is a heart attack. You're healthy and you're young. And I actually Googled. I didn't Google my symptoms. I Googled what side is my heart on. (laughs) (laughs) And just then I started getting shorter breath and feeling nauseous. And did I go to the hospital? I was stupid. And I called my neighbor. Oh, And my neighbor came over, and she gave me some aspirin and said, do you need me to take you to the hospital? And I said, oh, I'm feeling great. So I didn't want to wake up my kids. That was the biggest thing. I did not want to wake up my kids. I did not want to inconvenience anybody. Uh, The next morning at the bus stop, my neighbor met me. She said, you're calling your doctor right now while I wait. Oh, good neighbor. Yes. And so I called my doctor. My doctor said, you're healthy. We just, you just had a physical. There's probably nothing wrong with you but let's come in and check you out just to just to make sure that you're okay sure um i went in everything looked good um he did ordered some outpatient blood work um which he that was the last time he has ever ordered outpatient blood work for chest pain really um because the i was so low risk he thought it was okay um it came back um, positive for troponins which is elevated enzymes which indicate a damage to the heart Wow. And um, he called me. He had to, my phone number was not current with my doctor's office. And um, so he had to call three different phone numbers. And then my ex-husband actually finally called me and said, your doctor's been trying to get a hold of you all day. My former boss finally got a hold of me and said, your doctor's been trying to get a hold of you all day. And, um, And I called the doctor's office, and he said, you're going to the hospital right now, and you're spending the night. You're having a heart attack. Don't drive yourself. Wow. So, again, I was stupid. That got your attention, though. It did, but I still picked up my kids from school. Oh. I made sure they had coats. I said, you're spending the night with your dad, so let's make sure you have all your homework with you. Typical mom. Here we go. I know. I put them in the car, and I drove Myself to the hospital, I called my ex-husband. I said, you're meeting me at the emergency room. And um, and he said, what? And I said, yeah, I guess I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> but I took said, time to call you. <laughs> he said, yeah, are you supposed to be driving? I said, no. <laughs> but I got to get there. Yeah. So um, he met me at the, hosp- at the um, emergency room and took the kids from there. And I walked up the desk. I said, I'm having a heart attack, and I'm supposed to stay the night. And the desk clerk looked at me like I was crazy. I'll bet. And um, and he said, okay, well, let me call your referring doctor. And he said, oh, okay, I guess you're, you know, you get a bed. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and they, they, they checked wow. me out. And um, we did, I spent the night in observation um, we did a stress test. We did a stress echo, you know, EKGs all night. All the stuff. All the stuff. Yeah. Um, everything looked normal. The cardiologist uh, said that I was fine and sent me home. Oh, boy. And then 10 days later, I felt okay for the next week. Um, I was tired. Were you was, still doing the workout and all the stuff you were no, kickboxing? I, no, I, I took a break because I, I just felt so tired and uh-huh. just flu-y. I didn't know what was wrong. I sure. thought maybe just the, the lack of sleep had made me really tired. Um, work was kind of crazy. I thought that had me really tired. And then um, it was a Saturday. I was with my kids at our park. We were going to meet some friends. And just the walk from my car in the parking lot to the picnic tables 
just I just couldn't breathe. And not normal. No, I, I made it to the picnic tables, but my friends there said, you know, you really don't look good. And I said, oh, I just need a Coke. Oh, you know, I just no. need some caffeine and some salt. You know, salt. And, yeah, just because I was just feeling sometimes salt and sugar make you feel a little better. Well, I know, not, not good. You can cut that out. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna, wait a I minute. Just, I just need a snack. Okay. I just need a snack. I get that. And um, and so I ate a snack. I did not feel any better. I just kept feeling worse. Um, I called the cardiologist back and I said, you know, I just don't feel well. And the cardiologist said, I can't keep you from coming to the ER, but nothing's wrong with you. You're fine. Ooh, really? Yes. So told you you're okay and you're exaggerating more or less? Yes. uh, Oh, my gosh. He thought I had, um, with the chest pressure and the shortness of breath, they told me I I was having heartburn. And I'd had, um, I was probably having a panic attack because of the heartburn. Well, that might happen, but still. Yeah. Get to the emergency room. Let them tell you that after some testing. How about that? Yeah, that would have been a that would have been a plan. And I'm um, not a doctor, and I'm right. telling you this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I should have called you. I guess. <laughs> should have called you. My, uh, I did call my best friend, and she just said, you know, that doesn't sound right to me. How about I watch your kids? Because I was I was concerned again about leaving my kids. Well, of course. And she said, how about I watch your kids and you at least go to the little hospital down the street and they can do a real quick test and tell you if you're good or not. Oh, boy. And that sounded okay to me. So I said, okay, well, we'll just have them tell me I have heartburn and I'm having a panic attack. And um, we went there and I went into the hospital. They did the tests. Everything looked right. The, um, it was a female ER doctor. And she told me, you know, I looked over your test results from last week at the big hospital. I'm looking over your test results right now. Everything looks fine. I have no reason to keep you except that I have a hunch that I should do one more blood draw. And that was the one? Yes. It. Um, I actually, you know, as a, as a mom, I called my friend and said, you know, hey, they said I could go home, but... She really feels that she should do another blood draw. You know, do you really mind watching my kids another four hours? And my friend said, sure, fine. I've got them. I'll take them all night. Um, That second blood draw was positive uh, for elevated troponins. And at that point, the ER doctor told me that she knew that something was going on. She didn't know what. She came and asked me if I had children, which she she wasn't involved in all the phone calls. She asked me if I had children. And I told her that my boys were six and eight, and um, she she had tears in her eyes, and she said, well, you've had, you're 37 years old, you're healthy, you have no family history or risk factors for heart disease, and you've had two heart attacks in 10 days. So she confirmed yeah. you had two heart attacks in 10 days yep. at 37 years old. And no one knew why. Oh, my gosh. So they checked you at the hospital and mm-hmm. did more testing and found out what was going on? Nope. <laughs> wow. We went to the hospital. Well, in the hospital the next morning when the cardiologist came in, we did another stress test. We did a stress echo. We did a few other um, more as definitive tests for heart disease and heart attacks. Everything came back normal. Uh, my troponin levels were dropping. They didn't know what really was going on, but they knew that I wasn't having 
a heart attack right then. The cardiologist um, came in to talk to me, asked me how I was feeling, asked me if I was ready to get out of there, and of course I was. Sure you were. And um, and he said, okay, you know, so he was just filling out the paperwork to let me go. He started to hand me his card to call him in a week, and I said, I don't feel so good. The whole room went gray, and next thing I know, I have a raging headache. There's nitro under my tongue. There's nurses everywhere, and they're rushing me to the cath lab. So you're having another heart attack. Yeah, that was the big one. That, oh my gosh! Right there in the ho- right there in the hospital as you were mm-hmm. leaving. Well, thank goodness right you were in the leaving. hospital, yeah. but you could have mm-hmm. been a block down the road. I, I I would not have been alive if I wasn't in the emergency room in front of a, an interventional cardiologist. That's crazy. Do you hear those kind of stories, Sonia? From time and time again, with, we do with and women. We do well, and what's what's scary is especially with with younger women who are healthy. You know, we we hear these stories of heart attacks and 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 younger men too. That you know, I'm young, I'm healthy. I can't be having a heart no, attack. And of course not. I'm hearing stories from people who are 32, 35, 36, 40, you know, and otherwise very healthy, and they have a heart attack. Well, you had what they call, and we were talking about this, a SCAD <laughs> heart attack? You told me SCAD. What does that mean? It's an acronym for Spontaneous Coronary Artery Dissection. So your artery was splitting? With the Spontaneous Coronary Artery Dissection, your arteries have... Um, different layers um, within the artery itself of, of cells. Right. And um, one of the inner layer gets a tear. They're not really quite sure why it happens. Um, some people just have weaker arterial sure. lining than others. Sure. And, um, and that inner lining gets a tear and then blood pools into that little pocket. And that causes the obstruction. So let's fast forward to 2019. Yes. How are you now? I'm doing great. I've had five scads. Five scads? Five scads. I have 15 stents in my heart. Whoa, whoa. 15? 15 stents. Oh, my goodness. 15 stents in my heart. I know a couple of guys that have one. Right. (laughs) I mean, seriously. Absolutely. 15? 15. I mean, you look really healthy. Are you allowed a regular life? Can you do kickboxing again and what you were doing? Kickboxing is a no, sadly. And um, just because of my, because it was an exertion heart attack, we have to be really careful with um, exerting the muscles in my chest. And my heart rate can't go up too fast and it can't go down too fast. So when I exercise, I have to exercise to keep my heart strong, make my heart stronger. But it needs to be a slow um, acceleration, slow deceleration. So I have to warm up and I have to cool down and what, whatever's in between is up to me. Wow. So Does it make you nervous? After did. all you've been through? It did. The first two years were really difficult. I'll bet. And then I just decided I wasn't going to live in fear anymore. And I was going to do just live a normal life. And I was thankful to have the support of my friends and my family, the other SCAD survivors and also, my doctors who bought into finally the, yes to the let Sharon live her life right. What philosophy. a tough go! You yeah. look great. Thank you. And I appreciate you sharing your story. That's mm-hmm. uh, Sharon Hensley, a heart attack survivor. 
Well, I hope nobody has to go through what that poor woman <laughs> went through. How about that, Sonia? But you say you do hear these stories all the time. We do. Well, that's one thing at the American Heart Association. We're thankful enough to have such great volunteers and survivors who share these stories. And, and we want to get that message out there in the community to, you know, know your body, know these symptoms. You know, women, when they are having a heart attack, don't always have the crushing chest pain that men have. Sometimes they'll have jaw pain or sweating or lower back pain or upper back pain. And so knowing those symptoms could be the symptoms of a heart attack and getting that message out there and having people like Sharon share their stories. It's it's great for us because we want people to know and to get to the doctor right away. And don't be afraid to ask a lot of questions of your doctor. You know, get a second opinion. If, if you feel that you know your body and you you know it best, and if you feel that there's just not something right, keep pushing, keep asking about it. Well, you need to be an advocate for your own health. And I bet Absolutely. you became one of those, right, Sharon? A real advocate for yourself because... No offense, but these doctors and whatever, they're busy. They have lots of things going on. And if you're not asking the questions, they may not think about telling you something. That's correct. Yeah. Um, going into your doctor with, uh, I found that bringing a written list of Perfect all your questions and all your symptoms, it helps them because as much as we want to believe that we are our doctor's only patient, we are not. No. And it's it's up to us to really bring in um, what we're feeling, what we're experiencing, what we saw last week, if we're seeing any changes in patterns, and bring those up to our doctors. Good idea. Good thinking there for sure. Well, quickly before we end up here, where do we go to find out more information about Life Simple 7? Right. Well, so the best place locally to go is just uh, heart.org slash Denver Heart Month. And that has a list of all the events we have coming up. And then there's great links there to learn more about different heart disease symptoms and rest, healthy recipes and exercise tips and all of that. And all the stuff we talked about, too, like mm-hmm. your blood pressure, mm-hmm. your cholesterol, things that you need to be aware of that maybe you've never even thought about before. Right, right. Yep. So heart.org slash Denver Heart Month. Well, for goodness sakes, take care of yourself because maybe you don't have somebody in your life that's going to help you out, but hopefully you do. And Sharon, thanks for coming on. It's kind of tough to maybe share that story in, in front of thousands of people. <laughs> Thank you. Our best defense is awareness with SCAD. Yeah, that's I like that. That's a kind of a good way to, to finish up. That Sharon Hensley, heart attack survivor. Don't you love that word? Yes. Yeah. Oh my Better gosh. than the alternative. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> we don't want to talk about that. And uh, Sonia Anderson Vi, the communications director of the American Heart Association here. Is it a Colorado chapter? I never asked that. It is, yes. So we, we have our main offices in Denver, but we also have a small office in Colorado Springs. But we, we are active throughout the state. We have programs in schools, the you know, the jumping, jumping rope, kids heart challenge. Those are in schools all over the state. Oh yeah. I've heard about those. Those And we have, you know, we connect with hospitals all over the state to, you know, um, improve patient care and things like that. So we're, we're everywhere, but we're, we're located here. Well, we're glad you are located here and thank you both for coming in today and uh, have a good month. Thank you too. Thank you. you. And thank you for listening. It's Mile High Magazine. I'm Murphy Houston and we'll talk to you next week.